morning, everybody, and welcome to Top Talks. We thank, we thank the Lord for this day and for this opportunity for us to come together this morning. This will be the first conversation of the year among this one, among our ministers and elders uh, and teachers, and there will be others uh, to come along uh, to deal with issues that will be pertinent for us as we develop our relationship with the Lord and walk with the Lord. Uh, so this morning, uh, we, 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 we greet you in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're going to deal with a particular issue that was brought to, to the attention of one of our ministers that we felt was important enough uh, and pertinent enough to talk to all of us about. Because as you will see, at some point or another, all of us have had to deal with this particular issue keeping the fire. Minister Shelley C. Smalls is going to be our moderator and leader this morning. And so we're going to pray and I'm going to turn this over to her. Let's bow in prayer. So Father, thank you for this opportunity this morning to, to serve in this capacity to minister to your people. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Uh, we thank you for your giftings and uh, the wisdom and the, and the knowledge that you've given to us. We yield to you, Father, this morning as we invite your presence in our midst and we yield ourselves to you. We want you to speak to and through us as we speak to your people. Be in control of our lives. We yield to you. We welcome your presence and we thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, welcome everybody to Top Talks special edition here. We have a wonderful subject. I think everyone will be absolutely interested in um, to, to um, embark on this subject that we have for today. The subject is how to keep the fire burning. I received an, uh, a text message a few weeks back from someone who simply placed that in the edit box. They said, Charlotte, how do you keep the fire burning? I said, you know, that is a very good question. And I think that this is something that we all should discuss because all of us at some point in time have felt the fire kind of on the low grade level. And we've had to do things, we've had to do things to try to, you know, get ourselves back in position like when we were, you know, first um first believed. So this is going to be a very essential topic for everyone. So we want you to tune in. Before we get into our topic, let's go on and introduce all of our panel guests on today. I'm sure everyone knows everybody, but I'm going to take this opportunity to let each person go around and introduce themselves. Once again, I'm Charlotte Smalls, and I am one of the ministers at Tabernacle of Praise Church International. Who's next? Well, I guess I should go. <laughs> <laughs> I am Bishop Alfred Jackson, and of course, I am the pastor, Senior Pastor Tabernacle Praise Church International. I'll go next. So I'm Trakelia Salmon, and I'm also a part of the ministry team at Tabernacle Praise. Uh, my name is Heather Warner Hoskins, uh, also one of the associate ministers and uh, one of the teachers at Tabernacle Praise. I'm Jonathan McFadden, <laughs> a longtime member of Tabernacle Praise, and I also teach a young adult school ministry class. Uh-huh. I am Minister Trevor Stevens, also a minister at Tabernacle Praise. 
thank you. Thank you so much, you guys, for introducing yourselves. Of course, everyone knows who you are, but we just want to give those official uh, introductions. So let's jump right into our topic, okay? How to keep the fire burning. I want to quote one scripture here. It's out of Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Romans 12, verse 11, it says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord, okay? So I wanted us to springboard from that scripture. Of course, we're going to add more scriptures as we go along, but what is the fire? You know, we often talk about keeping your fire or, you know, we want to make sure that we are hot for the Lord and, and things of that nature. Let's first start off this conversation with what is fire? What have we known it to be? And what is it? Have we um, traded or exchanged it for something else? Because we do need to discuss that as well. So number one, what is fire? Who wants to lead the conversation? What is your definition of the fire of God? Well, I don't. I won't always be the first one to start an answer. That's right, sir. <laughs> make sure that we use this time wisely. Uh, I think the scripture. I know the scripture in Romans speaks to that as it talks about your zeal, your fervor. Um, and as I as I talk, I won't talk too much. But so when I deal with my with the fire that we should keep burning, it is the passion that we have for the Lord. Mm -hmm. that comes out of our relationship, our love for him and his work. Mm -hmm. I, I try never to separate for me personally, my love for the Lord and my love for his work. Mm -hmm. Because I, for me, the two go hand in hand. So as I work, I'm working as unto the Lord and I'm displaying to the Lord my love for him. And that really helps me um, because in my work, I have to deal with my people or his people. And there's a lot that I think about, you know, Moses got frustrated and told the Lord, his people, I have to remember that these are the people God has given me. This is part of my love for him. And out of this passion, out of this passion that, that I have for the Lord, all of these things come into play. Mm -hmm. And when you say the word passion, I, I recently looked up this word. It is an unbridled um, enthusiasm or emotion that is devoted to an object or a thing right? So passion is very important. It, um, it connects your loyalty and devotion to an object or a thing. And in our case, what we are talking about is our passion, our devotion or connection, unbridled emotion, unbridled enthusiasm for our, our Lord. Anyone else want to add on to what Pastor just said about what is fire? I think you have to add on to that point. Um, you know, scripture several times refers to God, the Lord, as a fire. Um, the writer of Hebrews calls him an all-consuming fire. John the Baptist said that one would be coming who would baptize you. I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with fire. And when I think about fire and think about passion, it's just that. It's something that consumes. It's, it engulfs you. Um, and so when I think about being on fire for God or being hot for the Lord, that is your driving motivation. That is something that um, takes up your thought life. It's something yeah. that motivates you. Mm -hmm. You are incredibly zealous, absolutely, very passionate, but it's just all consuming. It's who you are, it's part of your life. You don't make that separation, like Bishop was saying. You don't compartmentalize. Right. It's not first every step of the way. And so 
that's kind of where my thinking is with it. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was younger or, you know, younger in Christ, I would think that fire for the Lord meant the shouting, you know, anyone else ever thought that the shouting in the church or the songs or the, or the laying out on the altar, the passion, or when I see people or hear people, you know, speaking in tongues and, you know, as a young Christian, or even as a, a, a young kid, that was scary. <laughs> it was scary for me because I had no idea what was going on, but this was what I uh, connected to uh, fire. And I wondered at, at, at some time, do I want this fire? Because this seems a little out of control. I didn't know, you know how to deal with that. Ha, has anyone else on this panel ever connected fire of the Lord to something that it really, it really wasn't? Anyone? I would say yes. Um, okay. I had that same situation when I was younger, like uh, in the faith is, you know, seeing people dance and, um, and shout and, Flipping tables and chairs, not tables, but <laughs> <laughs> flipping chairs over, you know, yeah. um, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, where am I at? I don't know about it. I ain't got none of that in me. I mean, I like, like that, that particular thing, you know, so, you know, I was like, I, I don't particularly see it that way. Um, you know, for me, I think that the fire makes you seek, um, uh, you know, so, so I think about Hebrews 11. Um, six that the Lord is um, that without faith it's impossible to please God and he is reward of those that diligently seek him and, uh, and the seek word in that that scripture deals with you craving him um, you know like like and that being a, a situation where you don't just you're not just looking at a book but right. you're digging in it um, the curiosity to know who God is 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 um, is important for a believer if you don't have the curiosity you know, even when you fall in love, you're curious, you know, like that like you want to know more about this person, nice. you know, so you can get to know that person better. So I always think about it from that particular standpoint where you're dealing with it from a point of wanting to know more and the curiosity never fails. Um, and, and how and pretty much finding ways to make that continue where it's like studying, um, like, like using this word for your life and seeing it work um, will make you want to come back to it. Oh, that is nice. Very nicely said. I want to say I was brought up in, in the Pentecostal church. And we used to hear that all the time, you know. Uh, and then a lot of times they say, you know, you're not on fire for the Lord. Get on fire for the Lord and something like that. And so you always thought that it was something that was natural, something something that hit you, you know, and you'll feel it. Because yeah. they've been saying, I, I could feel, you know, fire in my hand, fire in my feet, yeah. all, all these things. So, it, so I, 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 needless to say, I came up confused. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about. And uh, I agree with, with Jonathan. It is the passion that you have uh, toward the things of God, you know. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I just, I'm just waiting to get to the part where we talk about how do you keep that passion going or how do you re reignite that passion. Bishop's hand is up. Yeah, I, wanna, I just wanted to jump in. Uh, when Shalette was talking a few minutes ago, Minister Smalls was talking a few That's minutes okay. ago about being, being afraid, and then Trevor uh, was talking about being afraid. But you know what? And and I think one of the good things about this conversation, and if you pay attention to us, we've had different experiences, and we come at things from a different perspective. Because and and that's wonderful. And I want I want people who hear us today, or hear us whenever you hear us 
to understand that we don't all have to be in a certain mold. You don't have to be like me, all right? Um, even though the point of the lesson will be so important. But I wasn't afraid. I mean, when I saw people jumping and shouting in church, I wanted that. Pastor, <laughs> yeah, so that, that did not make you afraid when you saw it, that in church? No, no. I said, no, what's happening? And because I would, you didn't, and growing up in the, in, in the Baptist church, you didn't see a whole lot of it. Right. Um, so when you saw it, you know, it was like, man, what, what they have, I want. But the thing was, that wasn't always the passion for God. That's the point I wanted to bring out. Sometimes we want the things, the peripheral things. Sometimes we want the dancing. Sometimes we want the, the as, we, as we grew older and saw people falling out on the floor, you know, as we had different experiences. And, you know, we wanted to experience that. But that wasn't the passion for God. The passion for God is a passion for God. Even the worship can become an idol. You know, we can want the worship. And sometimes when we're waning, That's good. it could be that, that, that there's a shifting going on in our lives where we need to go back to God and, and let that be first and not the things. Yeah. Because I still want God. I still have a passion for God. And I don't dance like I used to dance. You know, my foot hurts sometimes. I can't dance like I used to dance. You know, I had a, a pain in my leg the other day. I could hardly walk. And I was thinking, my goodness, if I was in church and we had a good dance going, out, going on, I wouldn't be able to dance. It doesn't, that's not my passion. That's not my passion for God. That's a passion for the things that comes out of my love for God. But the passion for that, that, that focus on God, that centered in on God. Mm -hmm. And so when you said that, it made me think about how we can and probably have many people have focused on the peripheral things and not centered in on God himself. That's good. That's good. Anyone else before we move on? Let me just say this. I remember too, seeing the women dressed in uh, nursing uniforms, that was enough to scare you. I'm not saying uh, I, didn't want, I didn't want what they had. I just didn't want to get it the way they got it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want God like you got him. That's, that's never, not appetizing. <laughs> never seen a nursing uniform situation, so that's that's really. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Bro, like, remember, I, I didn't, I didn't go to church, you know, like before right. I got saved. Oh, you know, like, right. like I, 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 I was, I'm full, I was fully unchurched, like in culture, you know. So I got saved and came into, you know, so a lot of stuff they like singing hymns. I'm like looking around. I'm like, I don't know none of these joints, yo. You know, so, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, nursing uniforms. That's wow. <laughs> You know what? I think many, all of us brought out some very essential points regarding fire and what it looks like. Pastor initially mentioned, you know, passion, devotion to the Lord. Um, Jonathan mentioned a motivation uh, to want the Lord. That's your motivation. I think both Pastor and Jonathan also mentioned that no separate, no compartmentalizing your life from your, your life from with God from your your natural life so it, it it's not compartmentalized and I really love what Trevor and uh, uh, Warren Elder Hoskins said about you know passion being your pursuit of God I like that you know when you're pursuing God you may not feel all of the warm fuzzies you know 
But does that mean that you don't have a passion for the Lord? No, it doesn't mean that, you know, but your pursuit for the Lord. I look at, I look at Warren's pursuit of, of the Lord through his academics. Um, I look at um, Trachelia's pursuit of the Lord with her integrity. You know, all of those things do also denote passion for God because you want to look like him. You want to live for him. You want to be like him. You want your image and your likeness to be uh, of that of your God. And you want to do things, and I'll add this and we'll move on, to please him. You want your life to be an aroma to the almighty God. You want to please him in your actions, in your life, in your words, in your expression. And, and, and that is also, you know, a part of passion. What, what is, what does lack of fire or passion look like? What does that look like? What begins to happen when the passion begins to dwindle? Let's talk about that a little bit, because many people are experiencing that. And some don't even realize that they are going through that. So let's talk a little bit about what it has looked like for us. Let's make it personal. Anyone wants to start us off? I will say this. It's um, times when probably through being uh, despondent about something, feeling like uh, maybe God is not listening to me or whatever, uh, I don't pray as fervently or as regularly as I would do. Listen to a sermon this week on the radio. I heard a woman talking about, uh, she talked about spending time with God, and she went back to Moses and talked about how Moses set a tent up and it was separate from the tent where the Ark of the Covenant was. But he set up a separate tent and he would make it a conscious effort, go out there every day to spend time with God. And she was just using that as an example to show us that we have to make a conscious effort is when we get away from that, you know, in my experience, when I've gotten away from that is when I could tell that I'm not where I used to be. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's an indicator, yeah. Anyone else? What is it? What has been an indicator for you that your your fire was burning low? Stop caring about stuff. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> your, your apathy. I like that. Yeah. Um, apathy is is a is a is a number one denotion that 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 you have not been in the presence of God because God does not do apathy. Um, and just not caring about the things that um that are supposed to be going on in the faith, you know, to, to, to encourage, to strengthen, uh, yeah. um, you know, apathy sets in and says, then shoot. I mean, if, I, if I'm doing this, then does it really change anything? You know, like, like that, that question pops up, but I shouldn't do this. Even if I put my all into this, it wouldn't change anything. Um, you know, like that's apathy and apathy is very dangerous for the believer. Um, there is no neutral in the faith. There's either go or stop. You don't stop. You go, um, you know, and, and and I do believe that the Lord does give us rest, but our heart should be on go. Um, the moment that it stops being on go, we have to we have to begin to ask ourselves what happened, what what was wrong. I've been there, you know, like I, I, I've been there, you know, I've you know tried to run, um, and, and you know have a Jonah moment, you know. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get trying to get away, you know. So he's like, Lord, I feel like going over here. Lord, like I will tear that place down if you don't if you don't take yourself where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like just by how much he he voraciously just cares about us that much, where he he refuses to allow us to sit in apathy. Um, he chastises those that he loves. 
and, yes. and, and that that being a thing, you know, like I said, apathy is a key denoter for um for black in the fire. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned apathy and, and you gave a good practical definition of what that looks like. Anyone else, what what is an indicator that the fire is burning low or have you ever experienced it burning low and and you say, okay, something isn't right here. Anyone else? I think sometimes when you're in that place where you recognize that you're not hearing as clearly um, because you're not spending the time or your communication with God has become that that kind of rote, I'm going to pray because I got to, not because I'm really interested in hearing back from the Lord. I need to do this because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that passion is waning. Um, and Elder Hoskins mentioned it earlier. It could be because of a a uh, precipitating event, something that's happened mm-hmm. and you, you know, ha- you've developed a, a wrong thought around that thing. And it, it kind of begins to, you know, mm-hmm. there some unraveling takes place and you kind of find yourself separated because the maybe the enemy has whispered something that you grab hold to that wasn't really true about a situation. Mm-hmm. And that could be that event um, or because you know, that same company that you kept that was so motivating and encouraging um, those, you know, believers that you once were around, you kind of, you know, withdraw yourself. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it can be a combination of things. And I think sometimes it can happen and you're not even aware of it until you're at that place where you're, you're on the fringes. And we've talked about that before Bishop has preached about being on the fringes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think sometimes it just, it happens over time and you, you're not aware of it. I like what you said there, Trachilia, about where we can build a wrong thought around a thing. Let's let's talk about that a little bit more. When we can build a wrong thought around a thing and as a result of wrong thinking about a thing, let's say a I don't I'm trying I am trying my best to stay away from uh, words like trials and tribulations. I want to be as practical as I possibly can with my wording. But when you're going through an issue, um, let's say that you lost a loved one over the past couple of years um, due to COVID, not just one loved one, uh, a series of loved ones, you know, and then a person can begin to develop a wrong thought about God around that situation. Does God really care? I just lost my husband. I lost my uncle. I lost my child, all in succession. And then the thought begins to build around that. Um, does God really care? If he is such a good God, why is he allowing all of this to happen? There's too much stress. And so that wrong thought building around a thing, I think, is a paramount uh, uh, point you made. Anybody wants? Anybody want to go a little further into that? Because that's that is, I think that's an important point right there. It's funny that you mentioned that exact example because that was the exact example from a personal standpoint that came to mind for me. Um, a little over a month ago, we we my aunt died. She transitioned, and partly because of COVID. Um, and in that situation, thank thank the Lord for His comfort and His keeping, and thank the Lord for Holy Spirit, and thank the Lord for praying church family members and family members, but there are people that I have talked to that that is the very um, apparent and significant time for them when they their faith started to wane. When a loved one, they prayed so hard for a loved one to be healed 
or they just um, believe that they had the faith that this thing should happen and it didn't turn out quite the way they wanted it to. Um, there was healing, but the healing to us took place on the other side. Grief is difficult. Yeah. And in the African-American community, especially, we have a difficult time with grieving. Um, and so that can really be a point of just really difficulty for people because the thought is not um, this person is with the Lord. And that's uh, that is comforting. That sometimes makes people angry when you even say it or mention it. For me personally, that's what's kept me and has helped me get through with realizing um, I, I can't imagine what eternity looks like, but I know that she's now on the other side and she's rejoicing and experiencing uh, God's glory in a way that we have not. And I, that is comforting to me, but there are some people that their thoughts, the thoughts of that make them angry. They have a hard time with that. And sometimes it's because, you know, like I said, it's the, it's sometimes about the way that we grieve and how we, how we look at grief, but that can be a point where the enemy kind of comes in and that thought is planted and, and it grows and grows. Mm -hmm. You know, as, go on. Oh, that was it. Well, I thought someone else was going to speak. I was. I was clearing my throat, though, but thank you for hearing me. <laughs> <laughs> you all have heard me say this, and I think this is very critical in the process. Um, so we're dealing with this from a standpoint of a believer keeping the fire burning. It's important to make sure that you are a believer if, in the first place and that you have the fire, that you really have passion for God. Uh, and, and this is why not being on the periphery, peripheral, the periphery of things is so important because it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. And if you are, if you are a serious, have a serious walk with the Lord and these things begin to, to bother you and pull you away from, from the Lord or pull, stop your fire from burning, uh, it it is it's it can happen, but you have a helper who is the Holy Spirit, who's going to help you in the grieving process. Yes, uh, and in in any other thing, but we have to be careful along the way that we are keeping the fire burning. That 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 we have these people around us. This this fellowship of believers is one or two people that we fellowship with. <clears throat> if we're divided. You know, we're trying to walk with the Lord and then walk with the world at the same time. We have already opened the door for Satan to come in, and he is going to come in, you know, um, in the spirit realm. It's not just the Holy Spirit. Satan is in that realm, too. And we have to recognize that, that he's going he's gonna to come in. He's going to attack us at whatever our weak points are. I'm reminded yeah. of, of, um, of the scripture in Hebrews that says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. What's that, Hebrews 4 and 12? Uh, or somewhere in there, somebody write it down for me. <laughs> so if we're not laying aside those things that easily beset us, that opens the door. And I know we wanna keep this simple, but we can't keep it simple without talking about the spirit realm, because this is very real in this process. You know, it's not just you and what you do by reading your Bible and by praying. There's, there, there are the attacks of the enemy and Holy Spirit wants us to read. He, he wants to come in. He wants to help us in this process. And when things happen, 
in our lives that's very tragic, it can it can affect us. And and I'm not I'm not take I'm not making light of that at all. But I want us to remember that we need to make sure that that we have a walk with the Lord, that we didn't just enjoy going to church, and that we didn't just enjoy the dancing and the shouting, or we didn't just enjoy you know, the things we were doing, but it was that we had, that we really had a passion for God and that we were going after God and Satan somehow entered in and, 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 and he'll do that when we are off track, but we can get back on track. If that's not that passion there, it makes it that much harder. It makes it that much harder. I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday and I'm going to preach about this tomorrow. He said, Satan is going to do what he's going to do. He just said, Satan is going to do what he's going to do. So in my passion for God, I realized I have to do what I need to do because Satan is always there and he's going to come in whenever, whenever he gets that little entrance to, 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 to pour water on our fire. And, you know, I wonder if perhaps one of the problems that people run into is perhaps they haven't developed a reflex muscle or recovery muscle so that when things hit them in life, they don't know how to kind of stand back up again. So they get knocked down and it's devastating because devastating things are going to happen. Jesus said as much in this world, you will have tribulation. We know bad things are going to happen no matter how, you know, how faithful we are, no matter how vigilant we are, we we are living in this imperfect, imperfect world. We are imperfect people and bad things will happen. And so perhaps people are missing some of that connective thread in terms of what do I do when this bad thing happens? And I feel so many different things. And I think because we've done things like maybe make worship an idol and that we mm -hmm. are really led by our feelings a lot that people struggle that, okay, if I'm not feeling God right now, then I'm just not gonna engage with him at all and I'm done. You know, like, I don't feel what I used to feel. I don't feel this passion. I don't feel this fervor. I feel grief. I feel melancholy. I'm upset. I'm depressed. I'm all these various things. And obviously that's not God. So I'm just going to back away and disconnect from him altogether. And instead of staying and sitting with him and knowing that God is not intimidated or scared of our grief and that he's not intimidated or scared of our bad feelings that we have an examples throughout scripture of people who wrestled with God, people who blamed God, people who lamented with God. I mean, read Psalms, <laughs> you know, there's so many <laughs> lamentations. There's an entire book of it, in fact, Lamentations. And so <laughs> people of God have every right to speak with him and engage with him out of our grief and out of our hurt. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if that's the message that people oftentimes receive. If it doesn't feel good and it doesn't look good, it doesn't look pristine and pretty, then it can't be, I, it can't be of God. So I'm just, this is how I'm feeling. This is my reality right now. So I'm just going to back away. And so when you back away, you sever that connection. Hmm. And then when you try to come back, it's not nearly as seamless as it may have been had you stayed. And so I'm wondering if that's maybe some of the tension that people run into. And so they decide, I'm just going to opt out because... This isn't what it, this isn't what it used to be. This isn't what they sold me. This isn't what I see other people experiencing. This, this hurts. And I don't know what to do with it. 
I'll tell you. Um, thank you, Jonathan, for, for that. That was wonderful. You know, I, I, I made a decision a while back. God, I need you to see me in all of my, uh, all everything. I, I, I put, one of the things that helped me stay connected to the Lord is putting everything on the table. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when I began doing that, it, it I felt a, a freedom opened up because now I see, I saw that, you know what, I can give God absolutely everything. Even when I don't feel like the quote unquote fire is burning, but God, I need to be honest with you. I need to be transparent with you where, with where I am, even though he already knows it is something about me saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm in a fallen state right here and I need your help. I just need your help. I don't, I don't feel the fervor or the passion like I used to, but the bottom line remains this, that I know you're real. I, I know you're God. I know that my encounter with you, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my savior, I knew that wasn't fake or phony. It wasn't a myth. It wasn't a fairy tale. So I always go back to that bottom line, regardless if I feel it or not, regardless if I feel the warm fuzzies or the cold pricklies. So thank you. Thank you, Jonathan, for that, because I think a lot of people do uh, deal with that. Anyone else? I wanted to uh, uh, add on to something Jonathan said about that muscle that uh, uh, reflected muscle and i thought i said it is the getting knocked down that helps develop that muscle <laughs> you know uh jesus told us in the world we're gonna have tribulations but as we were talking you know we were talking about grief and that's just one of the ways that it can affect our thinking you know and get us to thinking negatively about god and about some of the things uh that uh you know that would help us in our faith i thought about the churches in the book of revelation Every church, Jesus commended them for what they were doing. And the only two churches he, he, he actually didn't have a rebuke for was the Church of Philadelphia and the Church of Smyrna. Now, Church of Philadelphia, they were the brother love church. They kept loving. Church of Smyrna, they were the suffering church, but they didn't give up. You know, even though they were going through, they were the suffering church. My point is, is that even when we think we got it, especially the church of Laodicea, when I forget who was talking, I thought about the church of Laodicea. They thought they had it together. Now, in fact, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. So they were having a service and Jesus wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so they they thought they had it together. So I, I, I wonder if we can touch on that when people think that they're all right, but they've actually detached from God. You know what I'm saying? They've actually walked away from God, but they look at the wrong thing. Because the church that led the seal, Jesus said, because they were wealthy and, you know, everything was going good, kids doing good in school, wife back and right, husband back and right. You thought everything was good. <laughs> now I'm trying to make it practical. But, yeah. uh, but, but, but that was something Jesus said that had gone wrong with them. You know, he, he, he told the church of Ephesus, you left your first love. He said, you walked away from the thing that you were doing at first. You know what I'm saying? And so if we want to keep the fire burning, you know, let's talk about some of these things, you know, uh, you know, how we get back to what, to what we walked away from. Right. Yeah. One other point that I wrote down in this process, uh, 
of what it seems like, what does lack of passion seem like? And I think one thing that happens, and then I, when you think about uh, the book of Thessalonians uh, and Paul writing to encourage the Thessalonican church uh, that uh, Jesus was still coming, uh, there were teachers that had arisen. And we haven't even talked about false teachings had that arise in the church that, and the things that false teachings can do um, oh, yeah. to, to hurt a person's passion for God because it takes your attention off of God and puts some falseness. But when it seems like the Bible is not coming true, ah, when you start right. focusing on, and the devil will make you focus on that. We've been talking about Jesus is coming back for all these, and he's not coming back, you know? And so there may be things that will happen in a person's life that makes it seem like, mm -hmm. you know, that the scripture is not fulfilling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, as you were talking, Pastor, I thought about, you know, um, in the book of Genesis, I, when God was telling Cain that, you know, that he had to be careful because sin was crouching at the door. Earlier, mm -hmm. you were talking about just, you know, we have to be ever so vigilant to protect our relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we become lackadaisical in our relationship and think that, and we, are, we think that the Lord is to do all of the work and we're not putting forth an effort to do the work to protect our relationship. I think, I think about my relationship with my husband or my relationship with my mm -hmm. children, but my husband specifically, there isn't going to be any person that's going to be able uh, to come between me and my husband because I, we protect protect our space. We have to learn how to protect the atmosphere, the environment, um, our relationship with the Lord and not let things kind of, you know, get in through the cracks and through, through fissures, make sure that we close up all fissures, you know, in our, you know, in, in our um, environment, in our atmosphere with the Lord. So we have to make sure um, and be watchful for those things, but God can't do all of the work on his own. You're going to have to be involved. Because this relationship is two-way. And, and I think, you know, it's hard to do that if your perception of God is off. And I mm -hmm. think perhaps there are many people whose idea of God is, okay, you're here to make my life better. Like, you're my genie. I pray for it. Manifest it now. And if you don't, well, you're, <laughs> you're obviously a liar then, right? So... I think, you know, the reason that you and Brother Smalls have such a tight, cohesive relationship, you know each other, yeah. good, bad, or ugly, you know each oh, other, yeah. right? No one can come and tell you or to anyone who's married that your spouse did this and you know that that is not their character. No one's going to be able to convince you of that. But when it comes to God, we let people convince us of so many different things because we don't invest <laughs> in getting to know him. Invest. Then our ideas of who he is mm -hmm. and the immense role that he plays in our life is skewed by our own ideas of goodness and morality, not his, our own. And so we create God, we put him in a mental box and we, ah. we, we <laughs> make him into our, into our idol. Like we, we, we're his, like we pretend like we're his creator. Like we've made that for ourselves. We fashioned him for our liking. He's built in our mold. And so when he does something that doesn't fit what we think or doesn't adhere to what we think he should be doing, then again, we're like, okay, then this God thing isn't real. Um, we can't protect a relationship when we don't have a solid one because we don't know him. God is distinct. He is who he is. And you can get to know him by 
<laughs> one <laughs> reading these scriptures that <laughs> has his his diary <laughs> you know like he's telling you all about him but then the holy spirit lives inside you so you get to know him even more even more deeply but understand that god has character god has personality god has standards he's not just an image of your he's not a reflection of you he's not a, a larger ah. shadow statue <laughs> of yourself so i think that's an issue too let me let me throw this in here real quick. You know, it, there, there has not been a um, successful relationship built on assumptions. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, That's good. You know, um, like like and, and that is it's key. Um, like, I, I just I just always find it because even for myself, the contradiction, you know, you have to like, you know, roast yourself sometimes when it comes to how you how you how you deal with the Lord. Because it's sometimes very helpful. That's a practical application is to roast your own self. Um, so so you can so you can get thicker skin. Um, when you start thinking of like stuff that just don't make any sense at all, you're like, well, Lord, you ain't did this for me. Yada, 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 right. yada. And Lord, like you ain't said that to me in like four, five months. What are you talking about? I don't, I mean, like, like we haven't even had this conversation. What, what are you talking about, boy? You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like, like you dealing with it from that <laughs> position where you're like, look now, um, if you hadn't talked to your significant other, your friend or your, your spouse in four or five months and you come back with dinner, you know what I'm saying? Like, why ain't these clothes put up? How in the world do you expect this person to, to take this particular um, discourse? You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so it's, 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 it's extremely unfair first. Um, like if you want to go from a human standpoint, it's extremely unfair to do mm -hmm. conversation like that. Um, and and God, God is a being. So he has emotions. So, so you have this situation where like you, you trying to act like, like, like Jonathan said, it's a genie. You know, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 and that that's the in what Bishop was talking about earlier, which we'll probably have to do another part at his well, at his permission about this, about like false teaching, because because yeah. false teaching, you know, has taught the church that you can name and claim it. Um, you can demand God to do things, and God does it. And because of that particular teaching, um, that's that's been pervasive in our community. I'm not saying we ain't the only one, but I'm just talking about, about our community right now. In our community, that has led lots of people astray because we're selfish people. And we want it when we want it. And if God don't give it to us when we want it, then God's the one that's wrong. Um, the Lord taught me a valuable lesson. And, uh, and like, especially last year, you know, like, like he whipped me last year. <laughs> um, there was a lot that I did not think was right about how my year went, but every single step away, I said, Lord, I'm still gonna trust you. And and it was right. hard, you know, like the journeying, like, like it felt like I was journeying without shoes, you know, <laughs> you know like, like I was just walking down the path, but the Lord kept me every single month. And, and on top of that, Praise everything God. that I needed was taken care of, um, you know, like, like, and it was just from me saying, Lord, I trust you. I didn't have anything else. I said, Lord, I, I'm gonna trust you and what I'm doing and what it was going on and what's happening. This is this is all because of you. This ain't because of me. And the Lord has blessed me so um, in a way that I could not express it because what I prayed for last year, he did not give me. But his plan for how he wanted to give it to me, it was different and was better. You know, so so and it, it's, one of, it's one of those things that you have to you have to. Trust. resign your your genie status this ain't three wishes uh what you're asking for nine times out of ten is not what you need and allow the lord to give you what you need that's yeah. very good very good 
Trevor. I love that. That's a, a very paramount point right there. You, God is not always going to give us what we want, but he gives us what he needs and he does it the way he does it. And then through all of that, we have to trust him and trust him. Now, I know we're short on time because I've seen you guys in the group chat saying that we need a, a, a part two to this. So let's wrap this up. I want everybody to go around and give, give one, um, give um, the audience one way that will help them to keep their fire burning. And we know that this is not going to be exhaustive, but we definitely want to give you guys something that you can kind of, you know, put in your pocket, you know, after this discussion is over that you can start work, can start working on. And I'm, I'm going to begin and I'm just going to reiterate something I said earlier, protect your environment with the love of your soul. Protect your environment, protect your relationship with the Lord. If you see anything that's creeping in that is going to steal your attention away from God, anything that is going to demand you to give it your attention more than that of God, you, gotta, you have to depose that thing and you have to stand against it and protect your environment. Nurture your God environment your atmosphere between you and the love of your soul. Who's next? We'll let Pastor give us the last point. Who's next? Um, let, let me go. I, I want to say this. Um, I, I, I was I have writing down some things that we all talking and all kinds of things coming to me. But something the Lord shared with me this week and um, the importance of getting to know God because I was I was concentrating on the promises of God. Now there's uh, passages in scripture that uh, that tells us about God, you know, some things we can learn about him. And then it's through this living and letting God take us through life that we learn about him. But the Lord was telling me, he said, you look at the promises, but you got to know who said it. You got to know the one who said it. Because once I trust the God who said it, then I trust what's said because I trust him. You know what I'm saying? And so when you start talking about even grief, when we know that God has us because we spent time in his presence, because we spend time in the word of God, we spend time with God. We get to know him and not just what he said. Because when we just know what he, what he said, we know about him, but we don't know him. Thank you, Elder. Who's next? I would say to constantly examine your thoughts and your thinking. I know we talked about that earlier. You know, the scripture tells us to let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And we know that um, the enemy loves nothing more than for us to have the wrong thinking about God. Um, and so we have to really consistently and daily just check your thoughts, check your thoughts against the word of God. Ask Holy Spirit to minister to you about the erroneous thinking, errors in your thinking, errors in false teaching even that you have heard um, because that is a lot of times, that's where the battle begins is in our minds. Thank you, Trakilia. Who's next? I'll go next. Uh, I have so many, but I'll take this one. <laughs> We're gonna do a part two, I'm sure. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I would say don't lead with your emotions. Now understand what I'm saying. Emotions are important. 
Emotions are signals. We were built with emotions. God has emotions. It's okay to have emotions. I'm not saying anything like that. What I am saying though, is to be very careful and perceptive about your feelings and understand that just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's not real. And just because you don't feel like praying doesn't mean God's not going to hear you when you do. So lead with what you know, lead with your faith. Don't let your feelings determine your reality because your feelings will lie to you. There are plenty of days where I do not feel it. And you can go, we can go around this call and I'm sure we could all attest to this. There are some days where you just do not feel it, but you do it because you know who God is. And he exists so far beyond your emotionalism. So trust him, get to know him. Don't let your feelings determine how you engage with him. He will meet you where you are. I call that, Jonathan, my bottom line. My bottom line. Yes. Amen. Very good. Thank you. Trevor, what about you? I, I would say um, I deal with the Bereans, you know, like, like when it comes to um, this situation. Um, the Bereans, and this is like just because we talked about false teaching just very quickly. The Bereans, even though they heard from reputable men and, uh, and women, they still checked. <laughs> they were like, nah, bro, um, let, let, let me take this back to the scripture period. Let me... Okay, they tell the truth. That's what's up. Praise the Lord. You know, and that and it blessed them even more that they were able to hear this because they were were able to to check it against holy writ. And I always tell people when it comes to these outsiders and 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 different philosophies and doctrines and stuff like that, find its roots in the word. If if you cannot find its roots in the word, throw that sucker away uh-huh. because because it will destroy you. Yeah. Satan only needs one sliver. It's like I think people have seen this this test before. Like the 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 guy had a clear glass of water, and he took just a little bit of dye, and he and just that one little drop made the entire glass dirty. You don't let anything into the pure water. Okay. Um, be like the Berean, like like always check what you what you've been told against the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you for that. That's important, Pastor Jackson. Well, first of all, let me say that there will be a second part to this. (laughs) Um, We have to continue this and it will probably go for a long time because this isn't these issues or this particular issue is so vital to the faith. And as you see, our conversation has brought up so many Mm -hmm. uh, different things that need to be addressed. Mm -hmm. If Holy Spirit has spoken to you as we talk today. If you, if, if, if a tad bit of interest has been sparked in you, then build on that little bit, build on it. And to build on it, you have to do it. Similar to what Jonathan was saying, my thoughts are always, when I don't feel like praying, I pray. When I don't feel like preaching, I preach. When I don't feel like preparing to preach, I go ahead and preach because God is in the mix and he's going to move. He's going to, he, and it's been, he's shown me over and over again that all I have to do is just trust him. Now, this is what it looks like for me. If there are no thoughts, if I'm not getting any inspiration, Holy Spirit says, sit down at the computer. And when I sit down at the computer and open it up and go to New Word document, I I set myself 
to hear from the Lord and begin typing. And yeah. the Lord never fails. So you just got to do things. So if if you've been, if, if, if a, when I, I don't mean just do things, but you have to set yourself to do. So if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you today in any kind of way, follow through, pay attention, build on what you've received today. You know, our desire is to help. We help because somebody helped us, all of us. Someone has helped us along the way. Uh, and so we're here to help and not just give you something to make you feel good, but to give you some real, real truths that you must build on. You got to have the relationship with the Lord. I mean, that is so, so key. Yeah. Having that real relationship with the Lord, not just his promises, but really knowing him and throughout the conversation, we'll talk more about that too. So uh, my one thing is similar to what everybody else has said, a compilation, what everybody else said. <laughs> Dude, you got to sit down. You got to do this. You got to start praying. You have to start reading. You have to read the Bible. You have to pray. You have to stop and listen, spend time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all of you for being a part of this discussion on tonight. Um, it's been very enlightening and I know it's going to assist many who may feel stuck. Um, and so we want to get unstuck so that we can go forth and complete and finish the task that the Lord has set out for us. And um, so this has been really, really good. I cannot wait for the next one. I know that these are going to be ongoing conversations because this is something that people deal with uh, consistently, ongoing. It's an ongoing question. I want to stay connected. I want to stay on fire. I want my passion to continually be involved in um, with God at all times. And so we know this one conversation isn't going to be the um, all in all and the magic key uh, to make your relationship with the Lord instantaneously perfect. Um, it's always a work in progress. So stay with us. We're going to have more conversations for you. And also, if you have questions uh, and you want you want us to, to investigate it uh, with you, for you, um, write it. Write it down. Or better yet, why don't you email us at, um, go to our page, topraise.org, and fill out the form. Tell us your questions. Tell us what you're struggling with. And let us help you. You'll give us more content uh, to do upcoming uh, discussions. And of course, we'll, we will remain, uh, keep your name uh, uh, in confidence. But if you're dealing with it, guess what? Somebody else is as well. Once again, thank you so much for coming. And Pastor, will you let us out in prayer and we'll be gone. Amen. Let's pray. So Lord, thank you for this time in your presence. And we've been in your presence, Lord. You've spoken to us today. We thank you for those who are, who are listening, who will listen uh, to this conversation. We pray that your anointing is upon our words and that as they hear, they will be ministered to. They will be helped in the process. Continually guide us and use us more in, in this type of arena so that we can minister to your people. You said in your word 
that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes what you desire and you prosper your word in the things you sent your word to. We know that this is not a futile effort. We know that your word will accomplish what you desire and you will prosper your word in the lives of people who hear and receive. Thank you now. Thank you for each person that's on this panel discussion. Thank you for your giftings in our lives. We humbly submit to you that you will continually use us for your glory as your people are blessed. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.